right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Miracles, signs, and wonders are available when? Right now. Right now. Receive yours now. Receive your miracle. Receive your breakthrough. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance. Receive your wholeness. Receive your wellness. Receive family restoration. Receive, yeah, family restorations. Family restoration. Yep, 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 yep. Receive, 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 receive now, receive now, take it, take it, take it, and you take it by force. Glory be to God, we take it. We call in the prodigal sons and daughters back into the house, back into the kingdom, back into position, back into right relationship, back, back, back now in the name, which is above every name, the name of Jesus. And we decree and declare that we receive them right now from the north, the south, the east, and the west back into the house and back into the kingdom and back into right relationships. First and foremost with you, Father, first and foremost with you, and then with us. We receive it, we believe it, we take it, and we have it. We have it. We have it. And when do we have it? Now. We have it now. We walk like it. We talk like it. We act like it. What do we say when we see him? Hey, blessed woman of God. Hey, blessed man of God. I don't give a doggone if they sit in there with a 40 in their hand and a pack of weed in their pocket. I call you healed. I call you delivered. I call you whole. I call you free. I call you back into the kingdom, back into right relationship, back into the house. I call you done. I call you there now in the name of Jesus. I don't care what you're acting like. My word, my word for my children and grandchildren and their children is this. My children are taught of the Lord and great is the peace of my children. And because I said it over my children, I declare and decree laborers come across their path, north, south, east, and west, everywhere they go and begin to minister that word to them now in the name of Jesus. They won't be able to sleep. They won't be able to turn on the TV. Everywhere they go, they're going to be hearing about the kingdom of God is at hand and he's made a way for you to escape that situation and circumstance first for and forever and you'll never go back to it another day in your life when you think about it you go go oh why in the world did i ever put that in my body in the first place why in the world did i ever let that happen in my life in the first place uh-uh not today not after today i refuse to receive that negative report concerning my son i refuse to receive that negative report concerning my daughter devil you a liar i call them healed i call them delivered i call them whole i call them set free i call them sanctified in right relationship with our heavenly father and our lord and savior jesus christ and that's the only thing i'm going to say about that and that's the and that's the final word on that situation
And that's the final word on that situation. Man, I ain't said, I, we ain't got time to be churchy. We got to speak forth the word of God with clarity and with accuracy and operate in the authority that Jesus gave us when he ascended back into heaven and says, all power, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth and under the earth, and I'm giving it to you. Now, I need you to go forth and act like you are a person with authority, but also a person in authority and begin to speak my word with conviction and with accuracy in love we see him <laughs> we already see him we already see him already restored we already making provisions for them we are we are i'm telling you right now we've already made provisions for for expansion lord said enlarge your territory stretch out your tents and enlarge your territory so i'm like okay lord we're going to enlarge our territories how are you going to do that he says get ready for the double i said i'm ready for the double father he says okay get ready get ready get ready get ready i like i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready let's get it on get ready for the double Get ready for the double. Get he says, because you get double for your trouble. You get double for your trouble. What happened when, when the adversary came up and tried to get Job? What did go? He said, and I gave you double. You get the double for your trouble. Isaiah 60, one talks about the same thing. And you shall receive what? The double. Double for my trouble. So every time, man, I'm going to get double, double for my trouble. And the gospel is a great exchange. So every time the adversary try to come up and get you, I got double, I got double, double for the trouble. You can't afford to mess with me. I'm too expensive for you to mess with me. Every time you mess with me, I get the double glory to God. So if you mess with me, I get the double. Go ahead, big fella. I get the double. Because on the, on the other side of this, I know I win. Glory to God. I know I win. I ain't trying to win. I ain't, I ain't even fighting from a position of defeat. I'm fighting from the position of victory. Said, I already got the victory. I'm just going through the process, but I already got the victory. I already got the victory. I already got the victory. So when you already got the victory, you don't wait till you see it to celebrate. You don't wait till you see it to celebrate. You say, woo! I got the victory in Jesus. I got the victory. I call my family saved. They hold, they free, they deliver it. And one by one over the last three weeks, they've been coming in. They've been coming in. They've been coming in. Like, yep, yep, yep. I called you in. Woo! And people's like, are you excited when they come in? No, I was excited when I prayed for them. Glory to God. Because they ain't got a chance. They ain't got a chance. In fact, I told one person, one of our family members last night, you ain't got a chance. I'm going to be praying for you. You ain't even going to be able to sleep at night. You know what happened? God supernaturally delivered them on the phone last night. Supernaturally delivered them. Guess what else happened? <laughs> they got back into position. They came back into in the kingdom. And then we said, now this is the practical stuff you got to do. See, you give them the word. You, you hear that situation. Hey, you could do that if you want to. But there's a better way. I'm going to give you, I'm going to teach y'all. Y'all can have a seat in the, in the presence of the Lord if you want to. But if you want to stand up, you can't. I ain't mad at you at all. Let me give you, let me, let me teach you something. 
Let me teach you something that the father taught me last night. He says, everything, he says, I'm gonna teach you how to use the cross in your, in your discipleship and in your evangelism. This is how you use the cross. Everything starts vertical first. It's always vertical before it's horizontal. Did y'all hear that? It's always vertical first before it's horizontal. How do you know that? Because before Jesus did anything, he was always vertical first with the father and then he went out and did horizontal. What's, go what's happening with the church today so many people are horizontal, they don't go vertical, and guess what they get? Zero to no results. I told this family member last night, hey, you can go back. I mean, I know many people who've gone through rehab, and I don't, I don't bash people who've gone through rehab. But rehab will only affect your soul, man, if you haven't went vertical first. So guess what's going to happen? You will get a result. But it's all in your own strength. But the moment you stop doing it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go right back to what it is you, you believe that you got delivered from. But God said this. If you make me first place, you give me the first. You, come, you go vertical first with me first. Then it's not just on you. Now I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in it with you. And I can do with you in five minutes what they couldn't do in five years. If you allow me to. That's what I said to this individual last night. They's like, how did you know that? I said, because that's what the Spirit of the Lord said. This is what you've been doing. You've had some success, but you you got to know your trigger. Everybody say trigger. You got to know what triggers you. And see, what well, most people and, and, and be so spiritual, they're so spiritual minded, they know earthly good because they're so spiritual, they don't realize you all have triggers. I know my trigger. And when I see my trigger or when my trigger shows up, <laughs> it's a soul sign. This is a no entry sign means this house is off limits to you. And when I see you, this is what I say. I love God. I love God more. I love my wife more. I love my family more. I'll never go back another day in my life. And then I have, in the, that's what I say, spiritually. Naturally, I have accountability. My wife's accountability. I have accountability brothers who I'm responsible to every week. I'm a apostle. I'm a pastor. I lead a church. But guess what? And then there's practical things that we do. I told my, this family member last night, you really wanted, this is what you got to do in the natural. Okay, I could do that. But when you wake up in the morning, Father, thank you for waking me up this morning. I can't do this without you. You acknowledged him first. Guess what happens? You invited him into your day. You go to bed at night. Father, thank you for being with me all through the day. Thank you for being with me all through the night. Guess what? You, you acknowledge him in the beginning. You acknowledge him in the end. Guess what's going to happen? Your situation's going to turn around. Because you are inviting him in. Most people don't do that. 
Most people slap the alarm clock about four or five times, run through the house, try to get dressed, get the clothes and stuff on, kick the dog, slap the cat, mad at the husband, slap on the wife, don't even want nothing to do with him. And then they like, I don't know why my day like this. Why does my day always end like this? It starts crazy. It's been, you know, I knew this is what they said. I knew I was going to have a bad day from the moment I got out of the bed. And the first thing I'll say to you is, what time did you invite the father into your situation? I ain't got time for that. I'm too busy. Too busy doing what? <laughs> this better change. This better. This better. And this better. And I'll be like, okay. Going around the mountain, here we come. We are going back around that mountain and then look, God, see, this is the thing about I love about God. I love it, but I don't like it. You can never flunk out of God's school. You just keep taking the test. And y'all be like, God, when is this situation gonna turn around? God says, the moment you do. See, I learned something. What, about four weeks ago, I, there's a situation came up. Man, I was hot. I was gonna let them know I was hot. And guess what happened? I started to begin to let them know part of what I wanted to say. And then he's like, stunt your mouth. But Lord, I'm right, don't matter. This is what I want you to do. If you want the situation to change, this is what I want you to do. Okay. What you want me to do? I want you to walk in love. First of all, I want you to forgive them for what it is that they did. It's like, okay, forgive them. I can do that. And when he said forgive, I didn't wait till I, my feelings felt like it. I didn't wait till the, they had changed what it is they did. They had no idea what all this was even going on. And this wasn't with Sister Jewess, if y'all wonder, it wasn't. And I said, Father, I choose of my own free will to forgive. And I asked you not to hold it against them. In fact, bless them. If you give me opportunity, I will bless them. So this is on Monday. I didn't talk on Tuesday, didn't talk on Wednesday. Wednesday, I was studying and he says, I want you to call them. Now, I remember I'd already did it with God. God says, I want you to call them and ask them to forgive you. What? I was, ask them to forgive you. I said, okay. I messaged them to act out on what it is I say I, be I believe. I, I messaged them. They were cooking or something like that. Hey, can I call you tomorrow? Oh, man. Yes, yeah, cool. That's cool. This is Thursday. Thursday, we was doing something, so we didn't get it. Friday, I'm on, I call them, and I'm getting ready to have this conversation with them. And I had already, you know how sometimes y'all can prepare that conversation. You already had the conversation in your head like it's going, how you think it's going to go. But remember, everything's vertical first and then it's horizontal. 
So I went to the father first, and then this is what I want you to do. And when I did what he said, I went to go apologize because that's what the father said to do. And I apologized. And then the father said, and I want you to say this. And when I said that, it turned the whole conversation around. Did it change that individual? Did I have the weight to that person change before I did what God told me to do? Nope. I did what he said to do, which was different than what it is I thought should be done. Did y'all see it, hear that part? I did what he, vertical, and then I went horizontal. I got God's results. You know what happened? It restored the situation to better than it was before. Because I saw it differently. I didn't, it, I don't know what it, and because I saw it differently, I responded differently. When I responded differently, it changed what they did. Because I went this way first, vertical first. Do y'all see that? The three people who have, I mean, have two people who have, who, who have dealt with addiction and one person who's been dealing with depression. And I've watched God in every situation turn it because we did it his way. If you say you trust God, then why not do it God's way? You could say you trust God and don't do God, do it God's way. Guess what? It make you a lie because you you, uh, you don't believe what you say. Did everybody know that probably was about twenty years ago, something like that, that the food that we have been eating was modified, and they pumped so many hormones into it that twelve year old girls look like they twenty five. You're like, got the money, girl, are you 12, 10 to get you 20. Boys are taller and bigger than they ever been. Football players, look at them now. What changed? The food. Where's the outcry? Do you know that estrogen is being pumped into your everyday drinking water? But you know what's happening, right? It's happening. It's happening. Do you know the vegetables in your that you buy in the grocery store that aren't locally grown have been modified? Do you know that? Where's the outcry? Point being is is there's a lot of things to outcry about, but we pick and choose. This way, vertical first, then horizontal. Vertical first. They try to clone food, meat, animals. It's happening. 
now. And I ain't talking about like, you know, in the Jetson day, I'm talking about like right now and people are buying the food now. Where's the outcry? So the point is, is if we gonna cry about something, let's not be like the buffet. Let's not pick and choose. Wrong is wrong, right? Pause and think about that. It's, it's all comes down to, I'm vertical first, and then I'm horizontal. Somebody asked, how do you, how do you put this in practical terms? I go vertical first, find out what the word of God has to say about the matter. And then father, how do I take the information that I have right now and how do I apply it to this situation? The only thing that I told the person differently, these people I've been talking to over the last three weeks differently was this is what's been going on, but there's a better way. And this is what I, this is what I said to them in the end. You have had an encounter with the kingdom of God. And that's what made you free. I could tell them all this stuff about how rehab and this, that, and the other. Most people go to rehab, go to relapse. And I can tell them all that, it didn't matter. They heard that before, they knew that. The, the thing that made them free was truth. Truth, truth of his word. So we give God all the glory. We give all God all the praise. Guess what? We ain't finished yet because we have some other family members. They, they gonna get it too. We got neighbors, they gonna get it too. We got communities, they gonna get it too. We got a province here in Canada, they gonna get it too. We working on another province right now, they gonna get it too. Glory to God. We working on the whole entire nation. We know a province out west, they gonna get it too. Why? Cause it's not about a building, it's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. Boy, if y'all had been in that mess, in that meeting we had yesterday, whoo, them passes yesterday, whoo, them, whoo, you either got filled or you got grilled, but either way, you you got a wake up call. <clears throat> in the name of Jesus, we love people, love people, but I love God more. So, all righty. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has anointed me and sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Oh, I can't wait. We got a series that's coming up. I can't wait to get to it. It's called Broken. I can't wait to get to it. I'm, so, I'm like a kid in the candy, so I want to get to it so bad. But he said, not yet. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and a day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. Wow. And to comfort all 
all who mourn. How many people know there's a lot of people out here mourning right now? And what are they looking for? Hope. And guess who has it? You do. But the question is, are you dispensing any hope? It doesn't matter if you have it, if you're not giving it to nobody. It don't matter how much money you have to pay their bills if you don't have, see, I told an individual once, I can either do one or two things. I can either give you a fish and you'll eat for today, or I can teach you how to fish and you can eat for now No, Which one would you choose? I said, well, obviously the one that helped me eat for now on. I said, let's, let's do that. Jesus healed, yes, but he also taught them how to maintain their healing. Jesus delivered, but he also taught them how to maintain their deliverance. People were set free, but he also taught them how to, how to maintain it. Are you interested? Well, even if you ain't interested, you're going to get it anyway. To mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. And not enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Use us. Do a work in us. Renew our minds. Break the hardness off of our hearts that we may be able to receive your engrafted word. May you be glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. How many people came to receive the word? Because guess what? If you have not made a heart decision to receive the word, you will get absolutely nothing out of what happens today. I didn't say that the father did. He says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently and purposely seek them. In other words, they are intentionally looking for God. So if you have not made a decision in your heart before you got here, that, hey, I'm, I, I, I'm expecting to receive word from the Father from on high today you will get exactly what you expected, nothing. How do you know that, that that will happen even if the word goes forth? Well, the word of God says that Jesus went to his own hometown and he, and he and the power of God was there to heal, but he could not do many mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. They didn't expect to receive anything and they got what they expected. The guy who was at the gate, the gate called Beautiful when, when Paul was going in 
and he was he was begging for alms. He was sitting there begging for alms. And when Paul said, look on us, he, the word God says, he expected to receive something. He didn't know what he was going to get, but he expected to receive something. And what did God do? Met his expectation. So if you come to service or you come to a meeting or you turn on a podcast or whatever the case may be, and and you have no expectation other than to get, uh, I'm a, okay, I, yes, sir. Do you know wh why God says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? Because when you hear somebody else saying it or teaching it, and you don't take the time to study your Bible for yourself, all you have is information. You have no revelation. You have information but you don't have revelation so you don't know what to do with it are, are you so you have little to no understanding on what to do about what it is that you heard and because you have information without revelation when it's time to apply it to your life you don't know what to do with it so you're just trying to stick all kind of keys in different doors, you have the right key. You just got it in the wrong door because you don't know what to do with what information you have. A teacher will tell you that if you have, if I teach you this subject and you don't understand, you don't, you have very little understanding about that subject. When it's test time, you're not going to do well. You you heard the information, but you have very little understanding. And he says, and that's what's going on in the body of Christ. That's why we, we're, we're believing God for a revival of the Bible, which means people are taking time out every day to spend at least 30 minutes in your Bible. What are you doing? Reading it. What are you doing? Studying it. Because guess what? Part of the issue is when you hear, you know, so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that and so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that, you don't know what most time people don't even know where it is in the Bible or if it is if it's even in the Bible. They don't also don't understand who is that person? Who was God talking to at the time? Was he talking to the Jews? Was he talking to the Gentiles? Was he talking to the church? Was it pre-cross after the cross? Was it part of the, the Old Testament or was it under the New Testament? They don't know. So they just spout stuff and they take it out of context and they wonder why it doesn't work in their life. God says, that's, he says, when, uh, it's kind of like going to Burger King. Not that I'm endorsing Burger King, but it's like going, I'm speaking against Burger King, but it's like going to fast food. Meals already prepared for you. You have invested little to no time in it. All you gotta do is drive through, get it, boom. It, it nurtures your body for a season, but there's also effects. If you don't believe me, watch this guy ate McDonald's for 30 days. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He gained over 50 pounds in 30 days. It, it gave his body some nutrition, but nothing like when you get a home cooked meal, when you know, already know all the ingredients that went into that meal. June asked me, hey, what would you prefer, eating out or eating at home? Eating at home all day long. 
we travel to go up out of the country or out of the city to go to a family member. Do you guys want to go out to eat? Nope, I want to eat at home all day long. Why? I know what goes into that food. I've seen the ingredients that went into that food. I understand the ingredients that goes into that food. I know which ingredients in that food is going to have an adverse effect on my body. So I know what to stay away from. It's the same thing when it comes to the word. If you keep trying to eat off somebody else's cooking and you never take time to, to, to get to find out the ingredients for yourself, you will get some you will get some results from it, but not the results you're expecting to get because you don't know what went into it. And that's what's going on in the body of Christ. 93% of the people in the, who call themselves believers today don't crack their Bible from Sunday to Sunday. Only 7% read their Bible every day. Seven percent. And now the people who read it, very few of them study it. So you can read and not study. Study means you dissect it and say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to me? All righty. Thank you for all those shouting amens. Calm down back there, chewing dog gunner. All right, this is this is a word I'm going to share with you. It says this, you can't win a spiritual battle with natural means. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five shows you clearly that your weapons aren't flesh and blood or mere natural means, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds or wrong patterns of thinking and casting away natural reasonings, arguments and theories, but you're trying to win the battle in the natural and haven't even won the battle in the spirit. So when you're going against, when you have going to talking about, I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that, you got to win the battle this way, vertically first, before you ever see any resource horizontally. Do you know those principalities that are assigned to Greeley? Principalities is assigned to Ottawa and principalities is assigned to Ontario and principalities that are assigned to, to, uh, to the entire nation of Canada, throughout the whole entire world. So when you see people get in office and you see them start doing crazy stuff, guess what? Because they're under the influence of one or two, one or two things, either by God, by the Holy Spirit, or by a principality. So if you're trying to deal with them naturally and you never win the battle this way, you will never see any results. No matter how many times you talk to them. No matter how many times you holler and scream and jump up and down and throw stuff at them, throw paint at them and all that other good stuff, you will never see any results because most of the time they don't realize that they're under the influence of a principality. So you got to go in the battle on the prayer first. Thank you. Amen, Pastor. Good work. Woo. Woo. Thank you back there, Brother Jack. Appreciate it, sir. And you haven't even won the battle in the spirit, and you're wondering why I don't see any results. Ephesians 6, 12 says this. You said, I don't believe that. I'm going to show it to you. Ephesians 6, 12 says this. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So why are you spending so much time with the natural means? Jesus won the battle in the spirit by prayer and finding out what God had to say about the situation and what to do about it. Remember, vertical, horizontal, vertical, horizontal. Who is your example? 
Jesus. I'm not your example. I, I can be an example, but the ultimate example is Jesus. I don't care who they are. I don't care what their name is. I don't care how many followers they got. Your example is Jesus. Paul himself said, follow me as I follow Jesus. All right. He never just went out and did things in his own flesh and reasoning. Reasoning, think about this, reasoning is in the soul realm. And you can be easily misled because you haven't made the decision in your heart to get God's way of doing things. You can be misled because the soul realm, which is your mind, will, and emotion, is the area by which the adversary works in. Do y'all see that? Y'all believe that? Whether you believe it or not, it's still true. He says this. He says, uh, he says, because you haven't done it his way, you're frustrated and you're discouraged. He says, but it's all self-inflicted because I'm telling you how to get my results and you won't do it. Jesus only taught the kingdom of God and it impacted the world around him. And that's what I've called this house to do and nothing else. So that's all you're ever going to hear from this day forward. So you have to make a decision. Whose report will you believe? That's the question. Whose report will you believe? I'm gonna tell you what, how I answered that question. We will believe the report of the Lord. And as for me and my house, we will serve and follow after the Lord and his response. There's no time for wavering back and forth. And for many of us, that's why we haven't seen God's results. Not because they weren't available to us, but because we haven't been committed. And that is the number one. If that was a word I, I would give for this hour is commitment. Where is your commitment? Where is your commitment? Because people say I'm committed to God. And God says, if I was able to flash a video of what your thoughts are when it comes to doing things my way, it will show you or anything else but committed to it. People committed with their words, but not with their actions. God says, he says, it stops today and the line has been drawn in the sand. He says, but not all of you will do it. But for those who will, I will make all you set your hands to to prosper, but you have to do it my way. You said, give me one script that supports what you just said. Um, I got four. Are you ready? Turn with me to Zechariah chapter four, verse six. Then said he to me, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. This is the word of the Lord to say your name. Nope. Okay. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Not by might, not in your own strength, not by power, not in your own abilities, but by my spirit. Says who? The Lord of hosts. 
He's, and this, he goes on, I was like, what are you, old great mountain, before, say your name, Milton, you will become a plane. What's a plane? You was a mountain, but now you have been leveled flat. And, we'll, and he will bring forth the top stone, the hands of, say your name, Milton. The hands of Milton have laid the foundation of this house and his hands will finish it. So whatever it is that God has called you to do, he says you start it and you will finish it. How? Because you're not doing it by your own might. You're not doing it by your own power. You're doing it by the Holy Spirit. He says, then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you for you have. And this is what people say. Well, you guys only there's only a, a few of y'all. How many people does God need? He just needs a few. I bet he, he only need one. He need one person to get in agreement with him. I said, here am I, Lord, send me. And he sent and I went. Then you will know that I am the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the days of small beginnings? But these seven will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hand of Milton. These are the eyes of the Lord, which range to and fro throughout the whole earth. So it's not by your own might, it's not by your power, it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by being led by the Holy Spirit being led by the Holy Spirit, not dragging and kicking, because guess what? Holy Spirit will not force you to do anything. God will not make you do anything. Nothing. You can rebel against God's way of doing things and try to go out there and do it on your own strength, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be so frustrated, and you're going to be so angry, and you're going to say, God, what's wrong with you? And God's going to say, what's wrong with you? Why is this not working? Because you're not doing it my way. Well, your way is not going to work. And that right there, I just identified where you at. Pride. Has anybody ever been in pride? Thought y'all knew better than God? I did. And guess what happened? We be coming around and up there. We come. Because I had to take that same test all over again. Everybody, what, 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 oh, yo, that's good. Can I say that, Lord? Everybody got tested last week and you don't even realize you got tested. And I, I know the grades that people got, but I'm going to tell you, you some of y'all going to be coming around and I'm going you good because you're going to take that same test at the end. Why? Because God don't love you. God loves you so much. He works with you until you pass the test. All of us got tested, everybody. And what does the test, that's good Holy Spirit. When a teacher gives a person a test, what are they finding out? You know, when you come, you're an immigrant and you come to the nation of Canada, they, if you don't have, if English is not your first language, you gotta take an English placement test. You know what they're trying to locate? Where you're at. You know when testing comes, you know what it's doing? Locating where you're at. And if you, and the only way you really get real is when you, when you, like when I was in university, I had this class called chemistry. I didn't like it. So I did just enough, just enough studying 
And then I took a test and I got a, a result. Am I just enough studying? And I'm like, Lord, what happened? You didn't prepare. But Lord, your word says, you will bring all things back to my remembrance. Only what you put in. If you put nothing in, guess what you're going to get out? How about, how about this? How about I, you write me a check for $5 million, but you only put $500 in the account? Guess who's going to jail? Both of us. You for giving me a, bounce, a, fraud, a fraudulent check and me for trying to cash it. You can't get take out what you never put in. So remember, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Boy, y'all need to calm down back there, Jerry. You're too much for me. All right. If I had to give this message a title, this is only going to be introductory today, obviously. It's called Exposed by the Light. Exposed by the Light. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13 says this, and according to the Passion Translation, it says, whatever the revelation light exposes, it also corrects. Did y'all hear that? Whatever the word exposes is there to correct. Most of us don't. How many people like correction? None of us. None of us. Because we all like to think we know. But I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things. The more you find, learn about God, the more you're going to realize you don't know. The more you learn, the more you're going to realize you don't know. It says, whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. And everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. Soul, our, our revelation to the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. So whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. And everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. So anything, whatever is revealing truth, what is truth? According to John 17, 17, sanctify or set them apart by thy truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Now let's talk about that. The things that are made clear by the light. Turn me to Psalms chapter 119. Psalms chapter 119, verse 105. It's exposed by the truth. In order to expose a lie, so many people spend so much time dealing, trying to, to balk the lie that they never tell the truth. If you just give truth, it automatically exposes a lie. It exposes a lie. Most people are trying to say, I, I, I got I to gotta learn about this and I got to learn about this so I don't get into to deception. But God says this, if you learn about my word, then my word will expose to you what's true and what's not. Do y'all see the difference there? You can spend time focusing on what's not true or you can find out what's true so that when things that are said are done, whether 
in church, outside of church, in your home, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your residence, you will know what's true. I gave you a little time to get to Psalms 119, 105. I'm again reading out a Passion Translation, which says this. Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Okay, I'll read it again. Truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. So what's supposed to guide you in your choices and your decisions? Truth lighting, shining light. That is what guides me in my choices and my decisions. The revelation of your word, not just your word by itself, but the revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Wisdom is the principal thing or the most important thing. According to Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all your wisdom getting, get understanding. So you can get a whole bunch of knowledge and not have any comprehension or understanding of that knowledge, even when it comes to God's word, and you won't operate and you won't necessarily be operating in wisdom because you don't know what to do with the word that you heard. Anybody ever been guilty of that? Trying to operate in something and you really don't know what you're trying to do? And you get out there and bust some stuff up and you want to, Lord, what happened? He says, truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Psalms 119 verse 130 says this, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts, did y'all hear that qualifier? Those with open hearts are giving insight into your plans. You read it out of King James Version, it says the entrance of your word brings forth light. So when you get the word of God shining in your heart about a situation or circumstance, what does it bring? Revelation. It brings insight. It brings understanding. How do you know? Joshua verse one, Joshua chapter one, verse eight says this. It says, this book of the law, do we meditate? Law here talking about teachings and instructions. We meditate day and night. People say, I ain't got that much time to be meditating on the word day and night. Do you worry? You know how to meditate. Because you ponder that same thought in your head over and over and over and over again. He says, do the same thing with my word. Meditate on my word when? Day and night. So that you can do what? Observe or see how to do it. So I'm gonna find out, man, he says that by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Oh Lord, by Jesus stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus stripes, I'm healed. And the more you meditate on it, then he will begin to give you revelation. Case in point, 
couple years ago, we was in a meeting similar like this, and we, it was on a Sunday morning, and we was going down this line, and then God said to somebody who we knew had been diagnosed with a, with a particular uh, infirmity, and this is what he said in the middle of the service, because we'd already prayed with the person, already talked to the person whole nine yards, and this is what he said. Turn to that person and tell them, stop with the sugar. When we said, stop with the sugar, their response was like, oh no. And then I pointed to Doc. Doc, is that true? Doesn't does sugar feed this particular infirmity? Absolutely. You wanna see God? They believed that by Jesus stripes that they were healed. But this was the practical point they had to do. Do y'all see that? You can believe God that, God, I'm out of debt. My knees are met. I have so much more to put in store. Ooh, I can't wait to get on online and go to Hudson Bay or the Bay or whatever y'all want to call. I can't wait to get on the Macy's. Boy, I'm going to, there's a good sale about to go on. And like, I thought you just said you're on a dead. I am out of dead, Lord. Supernatural, deliver me. The first place he's going to deliver you is in your heart about spending money. Because even he delivers you, if your mindset is still spin, 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 guess what? You'll be back in debt by Thursday. Crying, oh, Lord, where are these bills coming from? Jesus, what? So, when you get God's word and you begin to meditate on it, that meditation on his word begins to give you understanding and insight. It also gives you insight on what to do with what it is that you heard. But you can't know what to do with what you heard if you never get in it. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says this. This is also what I love about the word cause the word will find you out. You can tell you all kinds of, you could try to tell me all kinds of stuff and say all kinds of stuff and I just look at you, but the word will search you out. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, the New Living Translation says this, for the word of God is alive and it's powerful. It's sharper than, a, than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit, between your joints and your marrow, the word which is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The reason why so many people don't want to get in the word, because the word will locate you. You ever read a scripture? God the mighty threw your Bible down and walked away. None of y'all. Y'all too holy. <laughs> I don't want to hear that right now, Lord. Walk in love. With who? Mm. I'm not to pray about that, Lord. Who are you going to pray to about that? He talking to you. The entrance of his word brings light. The interest of his word gives you, well, God should guide your decisions and your choices. Remember, it's always vertical first and then horizontal. 
Now, some of y'all, some people will hear this message and like, you know what, Lord? Thank you. I, I really need to hear that. Some people will say, Psh, I don't care what they say. You're going to be like Frank Shinaz. I'm going to do it my way. And when you do it your way, and you say, I'm going to call and ask the pastors to pray for me. And I'm going to ask you one question. What did the Lord tell you to do about this? And what scripture are you standing on? Because if you say, well, I'm not standing on any scripture, that's where you're, that's your first mistake. See, people believe I'm going to do stuff to prove I have faith. That's backwards. You don't do stuff to prove you have faith. You do stuff as a result of the fact that you have faith. Well, you don't have faith until you got a word from God to tell you what to do. Did y'all hear what I said? Okay, I said it again. Thank you. You don't do stuff to prove you have faith. That's not how you get faith. You start doing stuff, and as I'm doing it, I'm going to build up my faith. You're not in faith. You're in presumption, and some, most of the time, you're in foolishness. Because you, in order to know that you're operating in faith, you first had to receive you, not somebody else. You, not somebody else. You, not somebody else, had to receive a word from God that lines up with this. If you just go out and do a whole bunch of stuff, you are not in faith. You just doing stuff. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you can go out there and do some stuff. But I would ask you, is the give me the word that you got that is lead this directing your choices and your decisions. And most of the time when people call or write or text message or whatever us and say, hey, I got this. Can you help me with this? We never give you our opinion. We only take you here. That's why here on Sunday mornings or Wednesdays or Thursdays or whenever we meet, you will only get the word. Why? Because you could take that same word, go back and get further instruction on how to apply it to your life. If I just sat up and say, I'm going to prophesy this and say this and say that and say that, and there's nothing wrong with prophecies or prophets, but you're not to be led. Your life's not to be led by prophecy because they only know in part. So if you get their snapshot, but you don't ever go back and study the word for yourself and get back before God to find out, one, is what they said true, two, is what they said for me, and three, what do I do? as a result, then your life is gonna be all over the place. That's also what's going on in the body of Christ today. Prophets are part of the fivefold, but so is pastors and apostles and teachers and evangelists. Prophets give you a snapshot. Pastors teach you how to be doers. Teachers help teach you how to be doers. Evangelists inspire you to get Jesus so you can get into the kingdom, so you can go to a pastor to teach you how to be a doer. 
Anybody challenge that? Challenge, we talk about it. Doesn't say anywhere to be led by a prophet in the New Testament after the cross. Doesn't say that anywhere. In the Old Covenant, because the prophet, the priest, and the kings were the only ones that, that the Spirit of God rested upon. But you are a prophet in your own life, whether you realize it or not, because the same spirit by which they prophesy is the same spirit that's on the inside of you. I have friends who are prophets, so I'm bashing prophets. All I'm telling you is make sure you put things in a proper order. You're not led by prophets. Nations aren't led by prophets. Old covenant, new covenant, they are not. Because the spirit of God is on the inside of you. And he's the one who will lead and guide you in all the truth. He will teach you in all things. He'll bring back to your remembrance all the words in which Christ has said unto you. And he'll show you those things which are to come. Did y'all hear that part? He will show you those things which are to come. Who is he going to show that to? You, if you're in the body of Christ. Holy Spirit is in you. Read uh, John chapter 16. John chapter 14. Holy Spirit will lives in you, will bring things back to your remembrance. And he will show you things to come. So I, don't, you, I mean, a prophet will only confirm what he's already saying to you. If you have a prayer life, if you spend the time with God daily, getting to know him, letting him get to know you, he'll, he'll tell you. You need to prepare because this is coming. You need to prepare because this is what's about to happen. But I don't go. I don't. I don't go to my prophet friends and say, "Man, this is what the Lord gave me." You getting the same thing? I don't spend twenty four hours a day. I don't even spend twenty four hours during the week following a prophet because I got the source, Holy Spirit, on the inside of me. So this is the beginning of exposed by the light, and the first part of it is is you cannot be. A, the word of God is there to expose the darkness or things that you're that we are not doing according to his word. What does that word do? It's a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. It shows us the way to go. How many people ever walked on a dark road at night and put the person with the flashlight at the back and didn't run into something? Where's the light go? in the front. What does the light do? Help to guide you. How do you expect God to guide you forward if you got him in the back? Or some people don't even bring a flashlight a lot at all and just say, I got this guy. And if I run into something, you are able to deliver me from it. God said, that is deception. You are deceived. It does not work that way. Amen. I know. I love y'all too. And this is only the beginning. Wait till we get in. Boy, the part I really wanted to get to, but we didn't get to it today. Woo! Yes, I cook them. Don't do it. Okay. I was going to do it, but I ain't going to do it. I'm going to be obedient. <clears throat> So, 
The entrance of his word brings revelation. Now today we, we share the word about, about how the, when you're exposed by the light, the word of God actually will help locate you. And the thing about it is, is pe some people say, well, I don't want God to locate me because I might not necessarily be doing everything right. I don't know anybody who's doing everything right. But I know people who are striving in conjunction with Holy Spirit to get it right. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by Holy Spirit. And all of us, including myself, have areas that we have to get better at. My family will tell you, if they talk to me, if they know me now, but they knew me five years ago, I'm not the same guy now and I was five years ago. Why? Because you grow. If you're not moving forward, by default, you are moving backwards. There's no such thing as standing still. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. God says, I'd like to help you with that today. Just like with the family members that we've been dealing with over the last three weeks, we didn't just give you what you should stop doing. We gave you, what do I do in order to turn the situation around? And the first place that starts, if you want to turn your life around, if you have not done this already, is enter into a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's, it's the simplest thing you could do. I mean, it's so simple, a kid can do it. He says, I need you to come to me in childlike faith. Child, you tell a child you're going to Disney World by the end of the week. They have not seen a plane ticket. They ain't seen no money. They ain't seen no admission fees. They ain't seen none of that. But simply because you told them, they take you at your word. God says, I need you to do the same thing with me. In fact, in Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. The word of God is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. It's the word of faith which we preach that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Remember, we started this off talking about saved, being healed, delivered, made whole, and set free. He says, for with the with Mouth man confesses unto righteousness with the, with the heart man believe it unto salvation. So it's that simple. How do, you, how do you start this new beginning? How does this become day one for you? Just like it became day one for the family members we was talking to over the last three weeks. They made a decision to step off the throne of their life and allow Jesus to be the Lord of their life. Mm -hmm. See, you can be in the body of Christ and Jesus still not be the Lord of your life. Why? Because his word is not what guides and leads your decisions. But you can change that right now. And as simple as this, by, repeat, by repeating, this after me, pre, repeating this prayer after me, confessing it with your mouth, believing in your heart, man, you will receive healing, deliverance, wholeness, and restoration right now. So dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, the is the Son of God. I believe he died for me died for on the cross, on the cross. and carried my, carry my sins for me. Lord Jesus, Lord come, into my heart come into my heart and save me now. Save me now. I, repent of sin. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. I ask for your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth. Lead and guide me into all truth. Lead and guide me into all truth. 
Show me the way that I should go. I believe I receive. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer with us for the very first time, we'd like to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you back into the kingdom, back in right position, back into fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you prayed that prayer before and hey, you know you wouldn't live right, but hey, as far as God's concern is, as far as the East is from the West, so far as all that removed from you, he treats you as if you never sinned before. God's not mad at you. Did y'all hear what I said? God's not mad at you. In fact, God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus that if you believe on him, you would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, neither do we condemn you. But through his son, he delivered the world from all their sin. So we're not here to condemn you. We love you. We accept you just as you are. I don't care what you got going on in your life. You're always welcome here at Ignite Depot. And we believe that as we represent God, that it will cause people, it will cause that Ignite. At night means to a, a refiring, a rekindling that will ignite life and purpose in, in within our generation. So your ne what is your next step? Now that you receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, you got to get a Bible-based church that will teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and about the blood. And Ignite Depot is that place. That's what we're all about, teaching people how to operate according to the kingdom of God and how to repre represent or represent God to a generation. So we invite you to come back, join us here. You can join us on site every Sunday morning at 9.30 on site, but you do have to register and that registration is through info at, at uh, ignitedepot.com. That is registration at info at uh, info as you are in ignitedepot.com and you register and you send us say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in coming to the service come to the meeting and you send us uh, how many people are coming and everything. And once we reach capacity, we'll let you know and uh, we'll go from there. Also, uh, next Sunday is, is Palm Sunday. Woo! That's when Jesus came into on the donkey. Man, if you never heard that message before, get ready, <clears throat> get ready, get ready, get ready. Then the following week is Resurrection Resurrection Sunday. So we doubling capacity. We making we making provisions to to enlarge the capacity in the house. Of course, we'll be man, uh, social distancing and uh, you know doing all that all the stuff and taking precautions. But man, I tell you, we have the ability to uh, double capacity. And when we do, invite your friends, invite your loved ones. And there's also something else that we're going to be doing. It's called Capitalize Hope, which is an event. It's a 35 minute. Uh, Zoom meeting that we're going to be doing, not just us, but there's already like over 40 pastors, 40 churches represented here in Ottawa. And what it is, is it is uh, three speakers who will be speaking. And you have one who is a former professional football player. One is a, a business person. And we're all going to be, they're going to come together on this call. And we're going to give all of our members a link to be able to send it out to people who aren't uh, born again are those who are far away from God 
And what happens is, is when we send that link out to you, that's the only way you're gonna be able to participate in this is you gotta be, get this, have this link. And when you get this link, it allow you to, to be on the call. The call is actually 35 minutes, uh, 35 minutes long, but it's, it's, it's capitalizing hope, pumping hope back into our nation. But guess what? After that, you have a great invitation to whatever church it is that invited you. You're more than uh, welcome to come to that church and still be, uh, receive hope and inspiration and igniting you to live your best life yet. Well, on behalf of the entire Ignite Battalion, we want to thank you for joining us here today. We look forward to seeing you again next week. And remember that the entrance of God's word brings light. Thank you.